Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey folks, welcome to Free Press Sports with Carl's and Sean, the Sunday night version. As we, uh, I've, Carlos is yawning over here. I'm trying not to yawn. It's not that our jobs are boring or that this game is boring, Carlos, but uh, the Lions lose their home opener 37 to 31 in overtime to Seattle Seahawks. Another, how, how many of that? I don't even know how many of that is in a row for the Lions losing to Seattle, but it seems like three. Okay, it seems like forever. Well, 300 Campbell under Dan Campbell. Yeah, 300 Dan Campbell. So it's, uh, a, t- a tough, uh, a, a tough loss. It was a great game in a lot of ways, but um, you know, what sixty-five thousand? However many fans walked out of here, kind of sixty-six. Sixty-six. Sorry, walked out of here stunned. What? Uh, just your initial thoughts on what we saw here today? Yeah. Let, thanks for letting me uh, have the microphone for just a little bit, Sean. Um, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, it was a good game. You know, it was exciting. It was a, a fun home opener. People turned out. Um, it was loud for the most part exciting but you know the Seahawks just you know they 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 played a better game than the Lions as far as limiting their mistakes um the Lions weren't able to take advantage of them losing the first uh their two starting offensive tackles they should have gotten to Geno Smith more often um but you know the Seahawks are they made the playoffs last year uh thanks to the Lions partly but they they're a good team they're not a great team but this is a pretty good test for the Lions as far as understanding where they are um, the Seahawks have a decent defense. They've got a good offense. They've got some weapons. They've got a good run game. They've got a smart veteran quarterback, not not a superstar. Um, but this is the kind of team that the Lions are going to have to beat, and especially when you have everything going your way at home. Um, the defense, and they, they, the defensive players talked about it in the locker room afterward. It was kind of a little bit of a waste to have the crowd behind them um, so much. Uh, a couple of false starts on the first drive for the Seahawks. So disappointing, but... They clean things up, and this is what Dan Campbell said. After they clean up a few things, they don't turn over the ball like they did on offense, and uh, things look a lot more promising. So, not the start you want, but not a total cave in, destroy everything. I think you wrote that that all hope is not lost. So, um, it's 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 not that bad, right? The the, the sky isn't falling. No, it's not. Uh, it's not falling. It's look. There are a few things. One is it, it felt a little familiar, and I know that can cause some PTSD, right? First of all, because it's don't Seattle. Say those three words. Don't and say I, and, them. and I didn't, and I wrote that on my column, just as you wrote. You've never heard it louder, right? I, I heard it. Louder. In fact, I encourage uh, to readers. That's that was my lead of my column. Like, don't say it. Yeah, because I, I, I don't want to say it. It's, I don't want to bring. <laughs> I don't want to bring Beetlejuice out here and uh, and start you know getting other kind of cursy curses going on. But uh, look. A few things. One about the defense, and they did struggle. There were definitely times they could have put more pressure on Geno Smith, and they did not. Dan Campbell said after the game, look, they weren't necessarily trying. I mean, obviously they wanted to put pressure on him, but they had a larger plan to contain him, and he was just as frustrated, not more so, with with the lack of containment because they were taking loose angles, not sharp enough angles, or not slowing, you know, getting to the – 
the point of attack kind of, and then and not being in balance or just did, not spinning the wrong way. We saw Aiden Hutchinson do that a couple times in Kansas City, but it was interesting. He said that look, we you you play your gaps you rush the right way, somebody else can come and make the play. That's actually what we saw in the last offensive possession of the regu- of regulation for Seattle when they did a really good job of containing Smith. He was dancing around a little bit, and he's really good in the pocket and sliding around. Before he ends alone, he finally realizes, sees him kind of tuck the ball, leaves his man, and says, hey, I'm going to see if I can get to him before he can, you know, throw it again. So, I, um, you know, it was, it was, it was, that play was great because it set up, the Lions, uh, what, I don't know, what did you think at that point when the Lions got the ball near midfield with a minute and a half or whatever it was left, roughly? And uh, I want to say all three timeouts. Did you did you think we were about to witness, you know, the second straight kind of win, last-minute last win? Yeah. I mean, I definitely thought that they were going to, you know, Khalif Raymond starts it off with, uh, with a nice, I think, 17-yard punt return. And everything seems to go, be going their way. They, they don't have to go very far. Uh this seemed like it was going to be set up for a dramatic, you know, end of the game win for the Lions or close to it. Um, so it was a little bit surprising. I mean, he, they opted, I think it was fourth and three, and they opted to kick a field goal to tie it. Um, interesting choice by Dan Campbell, um, you know, figuring his defense is going to have to make a stop either way probably. So maybe maybe have to maybe do it in overtime rather than do it in regulation. Um it makes sense. I don't. I don't have too much of a problem with that. But um, yeah, it seemed like it was. We were gonna. I, I thought they were gonna win at the end. I thought that you know, with 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 the momentum kind of going their way, and Geno Smith. I thought that's one of those turning mo- moments when Smith should have just burned the ball. And instead, he takes a 17 yard uh, sack near his own end zone, which is stupid. You know, I, I don't understand why he why he did that. Um, that would have given him another you know, 15 yards on the punt or something if he'd, if he'd burned the ball 10 yards at least somewhere. Um, that would have made a big difference. It would have backed up the Lions. So, um, yeah, they, they they needed to do more uh, on both sides of the ball, but they did enough to win. And if you, if you limit the mistakes, I mean, it, it was, uh, you know, oddly the offense that cost them. And, and Cam- Campbell said, we're not good enough to to do this, and I don't think a lot of teams are. You can't you can't have two big turnovers, a pick six, and a and a fumble in deep in your own territory that leads to a touchdown. You, you really can't do that, especially against this kind of a team. This is the perfect kind of team that you're gonna ha- you're gonna meet them in the playoffs. You're gonna see this kind of a team in the playoffs, and you can't afford those mistakes. But you know, uh, a cliche, but it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, is what he said, and he's right. The beginning of the year. People still working out the kinks, still dealing with some things, some injuries, and w- whatever it might be. Um, but they they need to they need to learn from this, and they're going to play the the Atlanta Falcons coming in next week. They're two and zero. They're looking pretty good. Um, that's going to be another test for them. I, and I don't Campbell wouldn't go so far as to say this, and he said it's a it's a, a little bit of humble pie for us, which is good. And I don't think he will come out and say it because he doesn't want to stop the excitement from fans but i think some of these the team some of the players are feeling their themselves and they're they're getting excited and the ski masks and all this that's buying into the hype and i think you need to kind of be checked a little bit sometimes it's not going to be that you can beat the chiefs in kansas city doesn't mean you're going to roll through the nfl and uh i think it's a surprise for them to have lost at home but it's a wake-up call and it's coming early so uh, uh hopefully not an expensive lesson for them um so 
all in all, and you could sense it from, didn't you sense it from Campbell? He wasn't, he wasn't crying. He wasn't pounding the desk. You could feel like, well, maybe this isn't the worst thing to happen to us. Oh, sure. He, he did. Look, Dan Campbell doesn't say things for no reason, right? He's, I mean, when he says humble pie, it's a cliche. And, um, you know, hey, as, as I'm working on my second column, and I think your second column is done, by the way, because you're just a better writer and more efficient. But as I'm working on my second column, I'm like, hey, cliches are cliches because they're, there's truth in them, right? I mean, sure. we, we, we use them for a reason, and humble pie is obviously a cliche. But uh, but I think he's trying to get at a larger point. And it's not to suggest – there's some nuance here. It's not to suggest that the players weren't focused during the week and the prep or in the films and, and breaking down film and the, the game plan and going through the reps and practice. Of course they're focused. I mean, they're, they're professionals. But there are levels to this, sometimes subtle levels to this in terms of – it's not that you're daydreaming when, you know, whenever your position coach is talking about some assignment, but, but, um, but I know, but I know what he means. You know, sometimes when you feel that in your life, right, you you start feeling maybe a little bit too good about something and you're not paying attention to something over here. It's not because you're not focused. You're just, your head's not on the same swivel it sh- is normally. And, and I think, and I think the lions got a little bit of that today. You know, I, I think there's part of the, Folks are out there saying, well, what about the pass rush? Look, I, we talked about that a minute ago. I think that will come. They were missing a couple of guys today. Josh Pascal, who I think is coming on, is a really good interior push-the-pocket kind of a guy. And I think I think we saw that in Kansas City because, the, to me, they got to, to Mahomes a little bit more consistently than I got to Geno Smith. Now, having said that, Pete Carroll's whole plan, their, their staff's whole plan, was to get the ball out really quick and mostly outside the numbers, mostly toward the sideline. And most of those throws and his completions were were out. Sometimes they got the tight end up the seams, but for the most part, he was either dropping back and letting it go quickly or running to one side or the other and then throwing on the run, and he was accurate as hell. And um, But that was part of the plan, right? They they didn't want to have a normal pocket back there because they knew Detroit would probably start getting to that. And that was a really great plan on Seattle's part. And Geno Smith was really accurate, and they got, as you said, good weapons. So... You know, tip your cap in that way. Um, as far as offense, uh, you mentioned the turnovers. To me, I'm curious what you think. The margin for error is not – this is the thing, man. We had a summer of hype, more than a summer, right? And then they beat Kansas City. And uh, it's funny. I had somebody text me after the game. I'm not going to say who. It said, you know, after th- this is a while after the game. said, you know, after thinking about it and calming down, after calming down and relaxing a little bit, <laughs> I'm just going to be excited if they get to the playoffs. I need to rethink my expectations. And I think a lot of people are probably feeling that. You're coming in today thinking, could they get to a Super Bowl? I mean, no, that I know that sounds crazy, but I think there's some of that out there. I'm sorry, I was daydreaming about my next column. What were you saying? I, I, I don't remember what you were talking no, about. No, that's okay. About no. Next yeah, no, that, that, you know what? That That's absolutely true. Um, and, I, and I think part of it is, there is something behind um, who wants it more sometimes a little bit that gives you a little bit. You could see the Seahawks came in here charged up. I mean, before Somebody the game, they, <laughs> after the game, they totally trolled, totally trolled the Lions. They have a st- story up on Freep.com uh, and they were celebrating with a ski mask in the locker room. As I walked past it, they were doing that. Would you hear on the video the, the chant that the, they were singing and jumping around? But even before the game, they met as a team at the 50-yard line, were jumping up and down. 
after every, even after a touchback, they'd run into the end zone and, and troll the line, you know, point at the Lions fans and get them up. And there was a different energy about them. And I'm not saying the Lions didn't have energy, but I think it's also, I, I remember, I've heard this from, from defensive players over the years, and they say, you know, the coaches always tell them uh, for the defense, uh, on road games, you got to bring your own energy with you because the fans aren't going to give it to you. And the Seahawks almost seemed to embrace that. They, they embodied that, and they had a lot of their own energy. Um, and sometimes that that you can take that. You can, I mean, the whole, ironically, the C.J. Gardner-Johnson thing, all that kind of let's play the villain and whatever, you know, quoting Brad Holmes. I mean, the Seahawks were here to spoil their home opener, you know, and that's that's part of it. That can give you juice. So uh, they they played a really good game. They had a good game plan. I mean, it's Geno Smith for crying out loud, but he he played an excellent game. And DJ Metcalf is a really good receiver. He made the catches that Kadarius Tony couldn't dream of making in, in Kansas City. Uh, and that was a difference for them. But they aren't that far off. So I don't think it's I don't think it's a worrisome thing for the Lions. And it, they always say this, and it's a again going back to cliches, right? But they always say the first game or two of the NFL, someone's going to look really bad that's actually going to make the playoffs. Someone's going to look great who's going to totally, you know, implode and not make the playoffs. So it, it's early. Um, but but it's 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 a learning point, an inflection point maybe for them. Um, but I, I I think it's promising still. And maybe maybe they're not going to make the Super Bowl. Maybe they will. Maybe we'll look back at this point and say, hey, remember that home opener. They learned something about themselves. Yeah, I just think again, it's about expectation. The, the, the key is not to think about the last sixty years, but but the last half of last year, and then last week in Kansas City. Put today, put what happened here at Ford Field in that context, and then I think you can you can be a little bit more objective about what they could do because they get a lot of good players. They, you know, they're not a great team, but they have the pieces to be, I think, a pretty good team. And I think that's what we saw today. Seattle's a pretty good team, too. You can't drop. You can't have drops. They had a couple of key drops. You know, you got to run the right route. You got to be in sync. That's stuff that they can they can fix. But, uh, look, it's um, I know it was disappointing. Not for you, of course, because, as you said, you're impartial. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? I just care about my Marriott points and my uh, Delta miles. That's all. I, that's all I'm. Delta Delta say apparently from what I hear, Delta's taking all. They're, they're redoing their whole system. But uh, yeah, that's <laughs> taking away our Sky Club. Yeah, yeah that's not you hear there. All right, look, we're gonna be we're gonna try to do this version of our podcast as much as we can on Sundays. We we'll hope to have Dave Burkett join us from time to time. Uh, that that's gonna depend on some deadlines and so forth. But. Uh, it's good to good to do this in person with an actual microphone. Yeah, absolutely. Nice to see you. you look sharp, by the oh, way. Thank you. And thank a really you. nice shirt. <laughs> you got some nice chinos on. Or should I say khakis? They're khakis. They're khakis. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, my man. Until uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk later in the week when yes. we do our normal regular podcast. We can break this down a little bit more and we'll see what else is happening. But uh, until then, all right, my man. We'll talk to you soon. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.